welcome to the Angler Hot Seat Podcast. I'm Janice Min, your host today with Sean McNulty of our Wake Up Newsletter. Hi, Sean. Hey, Janice. Hi. Um, and then coming to us, special guest from his basement, <laughs> our COVID infected Richard Rushfield. Hi, Richard. Live from the COVID den here. <laughs> How are you feeling? I, I, I'm all right, just sort of... Uh... You know, day day six of uh, having tested positive and just sort of in a in a giant haze. So that should make my my uh, my take on uh, Disney earnings extra interesting. <laughs> if I just want to say, remember a few weeks back, I said everyone who went to Europe has come home with COVID, yes. and so worst prediction ever. But Richard recently returned from Spain. Except for the rest of my family. Yeah. <laughs> It's only me. Uh, I, I fulfill that. Have they remembered you're in the basement? Uh, yeah, they have me locked away. At, are they, uh, are they feeding you, stuff. Richard? Are you getting food in a timely manner? I want to make sure you're being taken care of. You're hydrated, you know? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm drinking, drinking, got, got a coffee delivery still. So, okay, uh, good. All right. Well, well, we're wishing you a speedy recovery. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, the the clear line. Um, you will be, you know, not pregnant and no COVID. Hopefully, by tomorrow. <laughs> two for two for two. There, that'd be yeah. great. <laughs> um, okay. Um, uh, anyway, please remember to like and follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and please subscribe to the Ankler at theankler dot com, which the New York Times calls a hit Hollywood newsletter. So today is um, we're joined. Sean is joining us today because. Uh, we want to hear what happened on the Disney earnings call. Um, and Sean, as always, dutifully sat through the call, which it sounds like it was only an hour. Uh, well, yeah, compared to, you know, the 90 plus minute marathon at Warner Brothers Discovery, this was a tight, a tight 60 minutes, maybe even 55. Whoa. Okay. So like everything Disney, very well produced I'm, I'm or tightly produced. Um, and so set the stage for us. Cause I always like hearing about what the, who was there and what the scene was exactly. Uh, this was just a two hander. So uh, Bob Chapek and uh, CFO, Christine McCarthy did the duties on this one. So uh, pretty evenly back and forth and very, you know, very Disney ish. Uh, just kind of, as you said, you know, not a lot of surprises or banter. I think that there's a lot of banter on these calls, but uh I can give you, uh, you know, uh, the only real comments that uh, th anything that he made was, you know, certainly starts off touting all the Emmy nominations and, all, you know, all the stuff about, you know, the programming highlights and then did mention mention Lightyear, uh, which basically was and Lightyear came out in theaters and is now on Disney Plus. And I'm like, well, that's probably <laughs> and <laughs> just, that was the, fast. The, the, and that was Lightyear for us. But uh, so everything else was <laughs> this many accolades and whatever. And that was all we had to say about Lightyear. So that was the only real entertaining comment I, uh, I had. Well, I want to get to the big business headlines out of the sure. call, but I think I'm actually curious since most people in town, I don't think have met Bob Chapek still because he. Um, you know, he's not one of these glad hander types who's always going out to red carpets and lunches. So what's his demeanor like when you see him speak? Um, I mean, he's, you only, you only hear him, so I don't get to see oh, him. So oh, it wasn't a video call. Okay. All so the was, uh, audio only. It. So yeah, he's, um, I don't, I, I don't know that I was, I've seen pictures of him. Obviously I haven't seen a lot of him on TV. Maybe I've seen him on CNBC once or twice, but not enough to put a memory to my head, but, uh, not as I guess brusque as I might 
think he might like he has a friendly Disney-ish tone, which comes after working there for in the parks division for 20 years, whatever it's been. So Richard, have you ever met him? Has he brought you food in your, in your basement or, uh, you know, uh, have you had any interactions? I, I feel like I know Bob Chapek from having spent uh, two years here uh, studying the Chapek ways, but I, I've never actually been in a room with him or, or, yeah. or spoken to him directly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, he seems comes across. I've, 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 I've watched him many times. Uh, seems very kind of no nonsense but yeah. uh just sort of not not nasty but just sort of straightforward no for a, a no frills ceo <laughs> the no frills i think there you go that's how i go with that yeah. Yeah. um okay sean okay give us the big headlines out of this call well, I guess you want to start price hikes or you want to start subscriber numbers. Those are probably your two big, uh, I, you know, so I've been kind of running around today and I saw, okay. like, I see some headlines yep. flash. Which right. are what like, have you, what have you seen? What, okay. What's what caught seen, your eye? And you're very good at the reality of these headlines. The big headline was that Disney has exceeded Netflix in the overall number of paid subscribers. <laughs> this is the biggest spin out of this call that, uh, I'm putting in the newsletter tomorrow. If someone quotes you this line and they owe you money, make sure you get it in cash and get it soon. Uh, This is, uh, you know, yes, they both have 220 million subscribers globally, Disney streaming and Netflix. However, Disney gets an average revenue per user, Disney Plus, of $4.35 a month. Netflix gets a global average revenue per user of $12 a month, roughly. Are you... It, you know, 220 million is not all subscribers are not created equal. You know, over 60 million of those 220 million subscribers that Disney has pay less than two dollars a month for the product. So this this number put out there is really meaningless. And it's like, oh, they're equal. They're the same now. I'm like, no way is these these two companies equal okay, right, wait, in so any means at this point in, in 2022. Sean, repeat those the ARPU again? <laughs> sure. That's average average revenue per okay. users. This is how much per you per subscriber you make per month for for your okay, product. So how much they pay you Disney's per month. Disney's was what? Disney's is about four dollars is four dollars and thirty five cents globally. Yep. And Netflix is is they don't report an exact number, but it's roughly twelve dollars. So roughly three times as much money per subscriber. So two hundred and twenty million is not equal two hundred and twenty million in this headline. So it's just a boilerplate that's being put out there that as soon as you poke literally two holes in it, you're like, oh, this doesn't really hold up. Like, I wouldn't count these two businesses as equals. You know, Disney lost $1.1 billion in Q2. Netflix made made $1.4 billion in Q2. So, I, you know, it's just like the dumbest, simplest math that's put out there. It's pure spin. Wow. That okay, fascinating. And so Disney, okay, so I know we've talked about um Hotstar in india yes, right, With, right. And, and those yeah. uh, but, mm-hmm. but where else is disney uh, amassing these low-cost subscriptions around the globe well i mean that's disney so that's roughly it's 59 million i think total out of the 200 and out of the out of the 150 and that that by the way that 220 also includes espn plus and also includes hulu Ah. So also ESPN Plus is a $7, well, the price is going up now, but right now it's a $7 a month you know, streaming service. Disney Plus is an $8 a month streaming service. Netflix costs you fifth, roughly $15 a month, unless you're someone like me who pays $10 for the single one. But, you know, so these services are, you know, it's not equating to like a box office where like, yep, yeah, ticket prices are pretty much the same. 
So this movie beat this movie. This is nowhere, nowhere near that. And this headline just bothers the heck out of me. Like, you know, but a different word, but you know, like I just okay, hate it. Okay. But Sean, are you being, a, yes. I'm just going to play devil's advocate. Yeah, please. No, being, I need, I need somebody are, on this. Are yeah. you being a little harsh only in that 220 is 220 like that you can choose how to monetize that audience how you want down the road you could do price hikes you could i mean sure and that's what disney is doing um whether you hold on to them or not and you know back to the india question they're losing cricket next year over half of their growth in this quarter came from india what happened in india in q2 it was a cricket season what's going to happen next year when cricket's on viacom 18 that's going to be a different story next year. So it, it's just a lot of caveats, Janice. And it's just like, it's just not like, oh, Disney caught Netflix. I'm like, I don't know that that's really the takeaway, you know, from this from this call. I mean, aren't, aren't these caveats uh, in the streaming world always going to be the way it is, though? I mean, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And any piece of good news in streaming is always going to have an asterisk back over it because yeah. you it, it's. It, it kind of feels like, uh, you know, the, the economics of a restaurant uh, where you, you restaurant has to go into a neighborhood with depressed rents. But if a restaurant is successful, it will, it will draw in other businesses and raise the rents and then become too successful uh, uh, for it to be. So, you you know, they, 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 they'll they lose by winning every every time. And the things that are successful there will become more, more expensive and uh and and the competition will always uh, so I, I feel like you just gotta with with the streaming world you you have to take your uh, you have to celebrate your small victories while you have them and uh, and the, the the bigger picture a, uh, will always remain who the hell knows yeah it's, look it's a great line I just I'm just want to give the context to it that's not being given with that that's very important we're coming from a you know we all grew up in a business where you know, box office box office nielsen numbers and nielsen number they were pretty easily understandable metrics to be competing against streaming is really much different and it's not just this overwhelming oh it's just how many subscribers you have whoever has the most wins that is not how streaming is going to work is not how it does work so that's what i want to just give a little context that's to fair. that headline is very simplistic and it's really not a measure of how healthy is this business all of these streaming services chasing we're chasing the netflix model but didn't go the netflix business model they don't have the same model but the the race the streaming wars are being presented as such you know peacock is way different than whatever netflix is doing you can't really equate them in a certain way fair okay so give us yeah. some more headlines out of there i think another thing i saw was something about the yes. cost of the disney bundle yes yeah, so prior to your earlier point Prices are now going up. So essentially, Disney has done the three. It has been three years of the loss leading for in the in the name of subscriber growth. Period is over. So they're now essentially matching the prices of HBO Max and Netflix with Disney products. Um, so Hulu is now going to be the ad free version. Will now be fifteen dollars a month, which is this is as of October tenth for Hulu. Uh, fifteen dollars a month for Hulu ad free, which is as we know the same price as HBO Max and roughly the same price as Netflix. Uh, yeah. Ad support is going up a buck to uh, $8 a month. Um, and then Disney Plus, as of December 8th, that is when they're launching their ad supported version. So that's the big day to keep in mind there. Uh, that will be $8 a month. And the price of Disney Plus ad free, which is now $8, is now going to be $11. So that's a 37% Ooh, increase. That yeah. sounds meaningful. So, 
uh they're, they're all big there's no this is there's no small like oh it's a buck or 50 cents like these are all meaningful things um at a time of inflation and essentially you're paying more for the same thing you know if you want to spin it that way but you know these ad supported aspects are becoming a much bigger part of the business um and then the bundles themselves disney plus ad free with hulu and espn is now 15 dollars a month that's up a buck so again, that so if you want to think it back, Janice, like you know how HBO Max and Discovery Plus are coming together next year, yes, into one okay. super product. Yeah, Richard, you know, Richard's super done. excited about that. <laughs> I could tell <laughs> the look on Richard's face right now. If you... <laughs> I mean, that's what every entertainment fan has been uh, asking for. I love HBO. I you know, I, I, I love I love the, Fixer the, Upper. So you know, and all that. But but I, yeah, I also love uh, Ninety Day Fiance. So how how can I get to one bundle? So I have to write two ah. two checks every month and put them in the in an envelope and send them out. Uh, <laughs> The money you, you save on stamps right right there alone, Richard. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you think of the, you know, that new bundle is essentially HBO Max and Discovery Plus together, which will be, I don't know the prices, that would, HBO Max is about 15 bucks a month now. The Disney version of that is Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN. All those ad-free is now $20 a month if you want to bundle them together. Okay. Okay. So that's the that's the comp, if you and, will. And then there are other tiers, which if you want to go ad supported, it could be cheaper and cheaper and so on. So that's their kind of new, and, and new so bundles. Sean, what was the quick hot take from everybody about that price increase? Was there a, a conventional wisdom in the immediate reaction? Uh, I mean, everybody was kind of waiting. I mean, waiting for it. We knew ad supported Disney Plus would be announced. It was going to launch this year. The Obviously, you would not keep the price of Disney ad free, the same price. So a price hike was coming 37% is probably, you know, it's most well, three bucks, but you know, but it's a 37% hike at a time where, and this is U S this is U S only by the way, to start. So it's not international. It's just for the U S market. Um, the ad tier of Disney plus will roll out internationally next year. So just to FYI on that. But the other thing that's going on here, Janice is that Disney plus had, essentially no growth in the u.s in q2 okay that kind of got buried yeah well oh well again (laughs) again poke two holes in 220 million and it's like what's actually happening where with this and that's very important right whoa so that that headline is not the one that's being you know being put out there but that's a very they added a hundred thousand subscribers it's not zero growth but it is that's nothing to really crow about and uh, wow and how did did they frame that in any way no they just kind of like... no that's just me looking at the earnings report and just saying oh you had zero growth in the u.s and you're getting cute there's that zero you had 0.0 whatever it is growth in the u.s and this is the market where you're raising prices three bucks in, in four months wow interesting timing is this gonna not i mean we'll see what happens i mean it's you know how price sensitive is the consumer right now is a question everybody's trying to figure out but it's an interesting time to raise your price when your growth stopped. Well, I mean, in a sense that like, okay, anybody's good. I mean, it's Q2 is generally not a big quarter for growth in general. So there are these caveats that maybe just the quarter, who knows, but there's certainly a larger economic picture out there that no one knows what's going on at this point. And they did say they expect some growth for Q3 for Disney plus, but when you're going off of hundred thousand subscribers, that could be, oh, we added 300,000 subscribers, which no one would actually say is amazing. You know, no one knows what that is. Right. So that's the big 
you know thing that no one's no one's talking about this and point. what's the um what uh what's the big hit product as they say that's going to come out on disney plus in the I, next in, in q yeah, um, in the next yeah, quarter. Google, uh, i mean pinocchio is the big one that's let me just check that's in uh, september let me actually just bring up my uh document here but pinocchio is september 8th that's the bob zemeckis mm-hmm. and tom hanks yep. um uh reteam okay. if you will uh, you have Star Wars is launched. The Andor series is launching now September 21st. Okay. So that that was just pushed back three weeks, actually. So that's all. But that, you know, that's the end of the quarter. Remember, the quarter ends on September 31st. So just uh, keep that in mind for Q3. Um, so let me see. If anything, uh, you have um, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, the Marvel series launches uh, the 18th next week. So that's so She-Hulk. Star Wars series and Pinocchio are the three probably the biggest uh, things we're talking about here. Huh. I mean, I know, Richard, you just wrote about Marvel and this idea of potentially. Oh, and uh, sorry. Dancing with the Stars. Also. Oh, OK. Less, less, sorry. OK. Not okay. Forget. So the, okay. The, 50 plus, yeah. uh, the 50 plus streaming audience. <laughs> Covering all demos yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Richard, you wrote about Marvel recently. Do you feel like uh, the American consumer is getting wound up and excited about a debut of She-Hulk or, you know, or, you know, conversely, a new Star Wars on Disney Plus anymore? I mean, they 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 both of them appear to be having diminishing returns uh, to me on, on the new I mean, they they but I mean, that, that, that might be they, they did so well on the. the the first couple when they when they with Mandalorian and WandaVision uh, were 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 both such sensations that uh, it's it's come down. But I feel like the the launching of a new Star Wars series or a new Marvel series is no longer a oh my god stop everything event. And yeah. uh, and 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 the question is like how much is it is it. Is it making both of these uh, properties just uh, become wallpaper and ubiquitous and not, you know, uh, a, a Marvel film coming out three years ago was the biggest cultural event that there was in the entire landscape, uh, you know, on a level of the Super Bowl. And a new right. She-Hulk coming out definitely isn't that. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think um, you raised this point in your column also, which I have felt acutely, like I was uh, watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier with my one of my kids. Um, and I literally had to like pause it every 10 minutes to be like, wait, <laughs> explain like what like what is the meaning of this and that and the backstory of the you know this character that goes back to some avengers movie or some i mean like the the to the need to follow the lore of all these characters to 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 understand the continuity of the story i think it becomes hard to access and jump in into some of these continuous stories and i mean is it just me am i just so not a marvel no i'm I'm with you I, i i don't understand what's going on half the time in all these and uh it's uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of fan service happening, and I mean it's it's kind of in comic books that's it's all just sort of written for the nerds who just follow everything and refer back to something 375 issues ago uh, comes called back, and that's the big excitement for them. But um, you know you're 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 expecting expecting a lot of knowledge from your from your audience here. 
Yeah, from the from the sort of lean back audience, it just wants to drop in. So, um, uh, okay, Sean, give us more headlines out of Disney. <laughs> well, I will give a little more context back to that two twenty number for you, Janice. Okay. In terms of revenue, so. So Disney, the streaming re revenue was $4 billion. Netflix's revenue was $8 billion. So 220 million subscribers on one service get you $4 billion, and 220 million on another service get you $8 billion. I wouldn't call that equal. Right. That does that's, not so that's what I mean. It's like, you know, not that Disney won't have a growth and they're raising prices, and this is obviously all going to help that revenue number. But to say, as we stand here, you know, middle of August in 2022, that Disney caught Netflix, which is what that headline incipitously implies, is boldfacedly wrong. Right. You know, other than, yes, that is one, that sentence is true, but, the, you know, the, it doesn't have any well, likes. Well, so I Sorry, think that ahead. fact, though, given like the, you know, the stock market convulsions of 2022 a year ago that headline would have been treated very differently than it would be yes, now right exactly yeah. exactly let's look at it another way though it's it's so what is the the value of a subscriber uh for each company it's for netflix for, for both of them it's you you've got the monthly subscription which which is a certain value um but you know disney has the ability to do a whole lot more with those fans and with those people, like sell them products, right. like get them to go to their parks and take a cruise and everything. So you could put sort of a a, a extended value per subscriber at, at at Disney that that could be many times the value per subscriber at Netflix. Yeah, that's a very very good point, Richard. And then again, it's not being utilized like again August you know twenty twenty two, but certainly going forward and when advertising gets introduced to Disney Plus in December. A lot more of these doors open up, you know, immediately. Uh, so you're you're exactly right. I don't. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say that there's no like longer, you know, way to go here. But I'm just saying this isn't. This does not mean that. Oh, the, the race is cut. Oh, go. They're they're tied. Like they're not tied. Disney has a lot of advantages, and Richard, that's a great one to mention because the ecosystem. You know, Netflix doesn't have anything, you know, and that, that's the bigger problem they have is they don't have these other levers to pull where Disney does have, you know, there's a lot of cruise line talk and theme park talk on the on the call, you know, so which all could be, you know, a, a, an entryway or a promotional vehicle to the what they call it a, a flywheel or a spin, whatever, the, you know, the, yep. the, the ecosystem to kind of make it turn. So you're exactly right, Richard. And we'll see how it goes, you know, put it that way. But no, that's a very still losing a, a, excellent a point, Richard. Um, and so yeah. in, so I'm curious, Sean, in the, in the 59 minutes or whatever, however long this earnings call was, how much time was devoted to discussion of streaming versus the rest of the Disney empire? Um, well, the state, uh, I'll go just with the questions from analysts because yep. they can, you know, the initials kind of, you know, I just have to check a lot of boxes. So it was probably 50, 50 in terms of, I would say, uh, theme park and cruise line talk and streaming or just even other, you know, business conversations. So, um, there wasn't a lot of prodding. There was no questions about Hulu. There was no questions about the Comcast buying Comcast out. There was a little bit of question about the NBA deal, which is coming up in a couple of years with ESPN, some sports stuff. Um, which really not many news came, no, no real responses other than, you know, we're talking to people kind of thing. Um, but the one other thing to note is that like Warner Brothers Discovery and, and Richard, this kind of relates back to your column, which if you haven't read it yet, definitely check it out. Richard, there are a lot of great perspectives on this. They've set a goalpost for profitability. So Warner Brothers Discovery, they, yes. Well, no, and Disney and, did too. And Disney today. did too. Oh, 
Right. So, but the other big news coming out of this is that Disney, the other big, it's a lot of news, Jenna. So it's like the other big news. <laughs> it's just all news at this point. I hope none of the hype it is the big news. Um, but they, they essentially revised down their their subscriber forecasts because the big question coming into this, Disney had held for a long time that they were holding to 230 to about 250 million subscribers globally by 2024. And everybody was looking at the math and being like, uh, you, you know, they were asked last quarter, three months ago, you still holding to that? And they said, yeah, we're still holding to that. This time they came back and caveated out the Disney Plus hot star business, the Disney, the India business, yep. the now cricket list business, yes. which they lost in June. Yes. So now that they decidedly know that they don't have it, they have now made that official revision down to about 215 million subscribers globally by essentially October of 2024. Um, so that's kind of the new baseline that they're saying. And they're saying that they will be profitable by that. Disney streaming will be profitable by that time. And they say that Disney streaming losses will peak in this next quarter. So whatever they lose in Q3, which will probably be another billion dollars, that will be probably the largest quarterly loss they will have. And quarterly losses will decrease from then on trailing toward fall 2024. So they put their flag in the sand. Okay. I'm, I'm curious, did this whole uh, crazy thing with about Walmart come up at all on the call? <laughs> I was hoping for a little, because that was, so for those who don't, so Walmart, there was this piece in the New York Times uh, this week saying that Walmart has been having conversations with the studios about adding video to essentially Walmart Plus, which is their version of a version of Amazon Prime. So you get free shipping and you also get gas discounts, you know, in person at Walmarts. They want to add a video bonus for their subscribers. Um, I think it's pretty much just going to be, hey, you get free or Disney Plus or you get Disney Plus at a discount or something like that versus we are building what Amazon Prime Video is. I don't, their intentions are not clear on this. So I'm, I'm assuming that's the way to go because adding a streaming service is, I, mean, I just don't see who's. I, I can't wait till Walmart plus tries to lure Martin Scorsese and um, Leonardo yeah, exactly. DiCaprio into a, a multi-picture deal on Walmart plus. Exactly. I don't, I don't think happen. that is. The, it, yeah. <laughs> Um, exactly. Okay. What other headlines yeah. have we missed out of D Disney? Is there anything more that we should uh, we should we need to know? No, they. I mean, it's just it's pretty clear they don't know what the hit's going to be to subscribers next year when cricket is somewhere else. Um, so as part of that revised forecast of subscribers, they said 100 and 135 to 165 million subscribers for Disney Plus by essentially fall of 2024. A little broad 30 million dollars 30 million subscriber skew there but the terms they used for the disney plus hot star business was it'll be at up to 80 million they put a top on it they didn't put a bottom mm. on it it's currently at 59 million so they really don't know what's going to happen when cricket leaves streaming like that's you know, they're leaving themselves a, a caveat whether Wall Street buys it or not, you know, another story. But um, that's why they broke that out separately. And also, you know, on these calls, like phrasing, you know, reading between the lines on this stuff, Janice, is almost as much tells you more than yeah, what yeah, they actually yeah. say sometimes. And Disney Plus was a very specific 135 to 165. And Disney Plus Hot Star, Hot Star was up to 
80 million, meaning that's the highest we think it'll be, but we don't, you know, it could very well come in very much under that. So again, they don't make a lot of money off those subscribers, but it's important. Okay. So two questions for you. How would you compare the Disney earnings call with Warner Brothers that just happened? Are you seeing some themes? And secondly, how did the stock perform in after hours trading? Well, let's get to the stock first, Janice. That's the fun part. Okay. Come on. Uh, so they're currently up about 7% after hours, oh, which- But it was a good day is... in the market also. So they had- It was also a good day in yeah, the market. Okay. Yes, exactly. So it was already up about 4% during the day. And then, you know, the after hours trading is about plus seven, which is, you know, it's up. It's not, it's not plus 20. It's not like, oh my God, but it's also this not is down. amazing. Was it 17? It's for... also not down the, the Warner Brothers percentage, yeah. which uh, Richard and I both posted screenshots to in our pieces this week. <laughs> of the, so, sorry, WBD stock, um, which would, had a severe hit uh, after, you know, that was over, I think, 11 or 12%, whatever it was. So, yeah, it was rough. Um, so it wasn't, so it's a positive response. Um, look, it's a, they added 14.4 million subscribers technically most of them were in india again all those other caveats but the, again back to that headline issue janice of like oh the headline gets you the bump like there's still people in the market who will you know reward that kind of stuff so it's sure. having that kind of buzz to it but um so that's the reaction the other curious thing just in terms of the, the forecast is that disney plus and or whatever disney plus hulu and hbo and espn and this kind of hbo max Discovery, these are the two merging services that will come together, you know, in the future. They both set the same marker for success and that about 135 million is the sweet spot to start making money um, be, to be profitable. Uh, so they both have said that and they both predict they will add at least 40 million in the next two years. So the race is on. And now the now Disney has also made the pricing pretty much the same as well. So whereas Disney before was seen as this lower priced, you know, entry, which it was, the similarities between the Disney Disney streaming business or the core of it and the HBO Max streaming business and Netflix is also priced obviously at 1550. Those are your three main people at this point. Um, then you have Peacock and Paramount Plus playing on different tiers. So that's kind of solidified well, in this call, Janice, with this information. If that does that make any does that solidify a little bit? Yeah. So so they're all basically trying to create competitive comps with each, to each other. Is yes, that they're yeah. yes, which is the most capitalist thing of the world to give you three products that will be the same price more or less and the content will win and that's you know it's a content war you know it's back to what it kind of started out as no a pricing war is becoming less and a, and a content war um is where we're at for sure i think as richard says over and over there's only one way to win and it's to make hits right yep it's hollywood yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hollywood. hollywood um you know uh richard any any final covid fog brain fog thoughts before <laughs> richard we... yes did any of that make sense to you that's our i'm asking you richard Say something did any really of that, what, weird and embarrassing what, what... <laughs> just seeing bob chapek uh heads floating in my coffee cup here uh the uh i'm just uh no i i'm just kind of amazed what a turnabout it is for for bob chapek that that a couple months ago uh every time you heard his heard his name and every pronouncement he made the, the the you know it was a countdown to the end he was going to be fired any second and and now a relatively uneventful call that's a really richard that's a very good perspective in the house how fast things are but that was not long ago at all where everyone was like this deal won't be renewed he's out call. it was it was uh the yeah. death watch right 
yeah, I mean, that deal, I think, was May. Yeah, it was a couple months ago, wasn't it? And there was, there's no, there was no, I mean, not that you would say that on an earnings call, but there was, there's been no set. I've seen nothing written about confident, vote of confidence, any of this stuff. That, you know, it's been all that chatter has, even the political stuff or whatever, you know, none of that seems to be in the ether anymore, Richard. Do you have that same similar, I guess you have that similar takeaway, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think he's just sitting back and uh, and and watching uh, David Zaslav have, have fun and uh, right. <laughs> enjoying every minute. Yeah, I think you said uh, you said in your column, Richard, about Warner Brothers. Uh, I think Hollywood's nervous breakdown comes for Warner Brothers. I think you just added the gratuitous line. This was Bob Chapek's best week, I believe you said. So. <laughs> yeah, I think so. the happiest week of his life. <laughs> <laughs> and his stock's up 7%, so even better. There you go. Well, <laughs> um, all right, Sean, uh, you know, you're so good at this. Thank you so much for doing the listening for us and um, dissecting it. And I guess in your newsletter, in the wake-up newsletter that people will be receiving, maybe concurrent to this podcast, um, you're going to break this down, right? Yes, and some more fun. I'm still I still have some more parsing to do. So certainly some more fun facts in there. So uh, the uh, tomorrow is Thursday. So the Thursday wake up newsletter will have all this broken down uh, to parse over at your leisure. And then of course on Friday we have our tomorrow is the uh, just a note for the Endeavor earnings call. So I'll have a breakdown of whatever Ari is up to on Friday morning uh, in the wake up as well. Well, you know, bull bull riding um, growth will be hotly watched <laughs> by by the Wall Street community, no doubt. <laughs> PBR, there we go. PBR numbers. <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, Sean, thank you as always. Uh, remember to uh, sign up for the Wake Up as part of your Anchor subscription. It is so so good, um, so smart. Um, Richard, um, I hope you can get out of the basement um, tomorrow. <laughs> Can't stay positive forever, but or be positive forever. But uh, the, uh, by the way, your good. your CinemaCon T-shirt is a nice nod to living in the basement. <laughs> yeah. you can see that. It seems you seem fully public access television or something down, down there in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, well, Richard, are you watching anything? I'm, now that you have some time in your hands here, just curious. If, what are you watching in the basement? Uh, I am. I have been binging through uh, most. I've uh, caught up on uh, for all for all mankind now, which is a fantastic series that that on on, on Apple TV everybody should watch. Uh, alternative history of the space the space program is uh, really interesting and great. Hmm. Cool. Okay, never going to watch that, but that sounds really <laughs> sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch that if you have COVID or don't have COVID. Just for the, just for the record, it's 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 either way. It's fine. I'm still finishing. Yeah. We we oh my god, oh, we crashed. Uh, we crashed. We crashed. Yeah, so, was so good. So that's that. I watched that's, that too. That was, yeah, it's good, as right? A, as a WeWork resident, that was my duty. So. Yeah, it's true. True. Um, okay. Um, thanks to both of you, um, Sean. Thank you always again. Um, please remember to uh, like and follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and subscribe to the Ankler at theankler.com. Okay. I will catch both of you later. 